We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day. Three hundred and sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Packaday Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things green and gold. This episode is 703 as we approach that two-year mark in the dumpster fire that is the year 2020. My name is Mike Will, and I'm joined by Perry Goldstein and Cage Bridgeford. And guys, as we inch closer and closer to training camp, it look, we're going to have football this year. We'll see how long it goes, but we, we are getting to Packers training camp, Packers games. And there's got to be a lot of memories and nostalgia slowly starting to creep back in. Yeah, for me, um, I got to, uh, like we were talking about before we got on here, I've gone to, I think, three or four training camps, and I got to get a bunch of, like, Packer autographs, which was really cool. Um, and I'm starting to, as, like, every year when those training camp videos come out on, like, Instagram and Twitter and stuff, I'm always like, I was there. Like, I was that kid ten years ago. So it's always cool to see, like, someone else getting to experience and make those memories for themselves. I've never been up to training camp, but, um, I mean, I would love to. But uh, I always look forward to the beginning of the season, obviously. And I think uh, I actually watch preseason games. Um, my dad actually enjoys watching preseason games. He always like likes to see who in the depth chart is looking good. So I actually remember always watching preseason when I was younger. Um, and it's always after the drought that is the summer, like nice to have some kind of level of football back on the screen, even if it's meaningless. Yeah, I think that's the perfect description of it. it after the long, warm summers that we have, it's great to – see things come back, the temperatures start to cool down, we start to realize that it is the fall, it's the autumn, and 
it's time for more Packer football, and and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about in today's uh, episode. Just some big memories we had, whether it's in person or with family. Just kind of reminiscing about what we've what we've grown, what we've seen as Packer fans over over our relatively short lifespans. It's it's there's a lot of great thoughts that we have, there, and there's always going to be some sort of positive, warm memory whenever we hear the Green Bay Packers, whether it's watching it with the grandparents, or going to a game, or going to training camp, or even just introducing a friend to it, so so we're going to be sharing a few stories of that over the next few minutes, but before we get into that, don't forget also to subscribe to us wherever you can find podcasts, at Packet A Podcast, on Twitter at Packet A Podcast, and, and also follow all the writings of all, our, of all of our great contributors and all of our great teammates here, it's it's been a blast, and we're going to keep going for as long as you guys will be, be willing to listen to us. So I guess we'll we'll jump right in, and I think, Perry, we'll go to you first. Uh, what's the first memory you think of when you think of the Packers? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I think the 2010 season, and it was mostly because, well, growing up, I remember watching with my dad, and like more specifically, I guess, Thanksgiving Day. The Packers used to play on Thanksgiving when we were younger a lot. So I remember always watching my grandparents, but I really started paying attention um, in high school and then the 20, 2010 season. Um, and I don't remember who I was telling this story to, but uh, obviously the Super Bowl was that season, so a pretty good season to decide to start really paying attention. Uh, and, you know, we sat in my basement uh, with my dad and my sister, and we had to order in Chinese food and get it delivered because we obviously weren't getting up from the couch. And I just remember sitting with, like, a big bowl of General Chow's chicken in my lap while watching the Packers win the Super Bowl. Um, and that really stands out for me because I was – how old was I in 2010? 15? 15. For me, uh, I mean, I have memories that are a little older than that that I remember, but the main one that comes to mind when – I think about it is actually from the 2010 season also. It was the first Packer game I'd ever gotten to go to. They were playing the Bills. I think it was like week two. Um, me, It was me and my dad. We were sitting in the corner of the end zone in the second row. Um, and they blew him out. They went like 34-7. At one point in the game, Rodgers rolls out on a bootleg, just walks into the end zone wide open. And he comes and runs and jumps right into our lap. Like, and just the entire front row had just all gotten beers. I'm, I think I'm 14 at the time. The t- the entire row in front of me had all just gotten a fresh round of beers. Beer just goes everywhere. He lands on my lap. Like, I touched his shoulder. My dad touched his helmet. I ended up, uh, I was on 60 Minutes. Like, not like they didn't interview me, but, like, the clip of that was on 60 Minutes, and my aunt had it recorded on her DVR for, like, five years or something, so <laughs> whenever I think about it, I'm like, that was my first game, and that was my first interaction with, like, actual game live football, so that was, and I still think about that to this day. Well, since we continue with the trend of 2010, I'll add my own memory. I was a sophomore in college at this point, and I was living down in Iowa, so I, I wasn't near Green Bay anymore, so I, could, I wasn't going to training camps, I wasn't able to watch games with family. But I had roommates who were a Bears fan, a Vikings fan, and a Broncos fan. So, we, so we would have these uh, these bets going back and forth these games. And then when, when the NFC Championship came along, I had just gotten my Charles Woodson jersey. I just ordered it online. I got delivered a few weeks earlier. And I made a bet with my Bears fan, who actually is from Madison. But we, we made a bet that whoever wins, the loser has to wear the other team's jersey to all of their classes for I think the Thursday where we all had like three or four classes 
And so we were sitting on the edge of our seats ready for this. And he was talking so much trash about how Brian Urlacher was going to get it done and Jay Cutler was the savior of the Bears. And then, <laughs> and then once B.J. Raji runs the ball into the end zone on his pick six, he leaves. He just leaves the room. And I didn't see him the rest of the night. And so all I did was, when I went to bed that night, I put my jersey on the couch and just had it sitting there waiting for him when he walked in the room. And I just heard a string of curse words. And and it, it, it just summed up that year so well. And then and then even in the Super Bowl when they played Pittsburgh, I watched it with some Steelers fans. And we hung out in the oh dorms. They were, they were really cool. They were really fun. But we hung out in the dorms. We ordered pizza and wings and just, just had a great relaxing time. And that was so much fun because it was 15 years since, or 14 years, I should say, since 31. And and having watched that when I was a little kid, seeing it happen again was was really just kind of a dream come true. And it kind of made us feel validated as Packers fans because they'd come so close for so many years before and after that having that memory always kind of sticks with you, especially when you're old enough to understand what's going on. And and so 2010, I, I guess for all three of us, was quite the magical type year to really either be, uh, grow as a Packer fan or really kind of cement yourself as a Packer fan. So I guess maybe how about some some in other in-game experiences? Uh, Gage, you said you've gone to you went to that one game. Have you gone to any other ones? Uh, yes. Uh, the next year when they opened against the Saints, I was at that game, um, which was an incredible game. But it was everything that led up to it that was kind of like so. I le- we left for the day. My mom's friend had gotten like ten tickets because like she worked in the area, so she was a business. She had a bunch of tickets, and she had sent two for. Me and my mom. We were meeting her before the game, riding with her to the game. So, But she mailed the tickets to us, and we didn't find out until we had gotten there. So those two tickets were sitting in our mailbox at our house by the time we got to Wisconsin and realized it. And for, for those that don't know, I'm from Indiana, so it's like a eight-hour drive to get all the way up to, um, we were in Oconto, so Green Bay area. And I shut down because I was like 15 at the time, so I was and I was like distraught. We weren't going to go. We didn't have tickets. We didn't have money. We were done for. And then we walked around for scalpers for a while. And then my mom bought two tickets for a very hefty price. They were like the first row of a box, um, and it was it was amazing. Like that game, like you don't think box seats are that great because they're so high up, but it was still it was such an amazing experience because. The weather, like the weather, was great. The, there was a concert beforehand that was really fun to watch. Um, the food, the food, it was just, it was a great game, and it was, it made up for the previous four hours where I was just like, I was like, this is going to be a terrible day. This is awful. I was glad we drove eight to eight hours to just have this happen. So my mom salvaged it. Uh, she's still great for that. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the second. I think I've been to. I believe four or five games. That was the second one I went to, so that was pretty cool too. Um, I mean, I so living in New York, obviously the Packers don't come very often. Um, but luckily, actually, the last two seasons I've gotten to go when they played the Jets and the Giants here in New York, and probably the Jets game was one of the best because. I surprised my dad for his 60th birthday with tickets. So him and my sister and I went, and it was the first game that we'd been together, the three of us, which is kind of crazy. And he was so shocked. I think giving him the tickets was probably, like, more exciting and fun than anything else. But 
um, you know, we showed up at MetLife. We got there. We had to get there early because we were, like, anxious, and we wanted to tailgate, but it was just my sister and I basically, like, drinking White Claws in the parking lot. Um, and, <laughs> um, and I kind of splurged because it was, like, a big deal for us to be there together, and it was his birthday. So we were um, a few rows back, probably, like, the 10-yard line in the end zone, and um, and uh, that was the game. It was a waste. I mean, it was you know it was kind of like a garbage game. We weren't going to make the playoffs or anything, but it didn't matter because Aaron was out there and he was playing on his broken leg, and um, we were just excited, you know, to be that close. And we were actually right at the end zone um, for Devonte Adams walk off touchdown. So we stayed through the whole game over time and like for some reason our whole section at MetLife was Packers fans I have videos that I can post and you could just hear the go pack go chance like all around us in MetLife Stadium and I mean for me as someone who's only ever been to away games I don't know what it's like I hopefully will be at my first Lambeau game this season but I don't know what it's like to be the home team and so to hear the stadium just filled with go pack go it I don't know. It's, it's an interesting feeling, and you got all the angry Jets fans who know they're about to lose to Aaron Rodgers, even though they somehow tied it. And um, it was just awesome to see my dad so happy and excited to like be there with the both of us. That's that's an awesome story, and what you should have done, you should have been chanting J E T S just <laughs> randomly throughout and see what happens. You know, the best part is that when I was younger, this is actually one of my first memories. Is um, so we're, my nucleus are Packers fans, but my extended family from New York is, is uh, pretty much Jets fans. And so when I was little, um, my uncle was trying to teach my sister and I the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets chant. And my dad pulled me aside. I must have been like eight, maybe. And he was like, we don't say that in our house. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm sorry. And he was like, you know what we say in this house. And I was like, oh, Paco. <laughs> So it became a curse word. <laughs> he was like, we don't say that here. Because that's like, I mean, I just grew up around Giants and Jets fans, like the occasional Pats fan around here. So he had to he had to reinforce it, you know. That's fair. And again, that would have been before Favre, too. So that would have been like the Chad Pennington years. But, but uh, I guess for me personally, I've been to two Packer games at Lambeau. Well, I went to the Monday night game last year when they played Detroit, the Alan Lazard game. Oh. That... That was rough, uh, but the the first one is what sticks out to me. That was in 2011 uh, when they went 15 and one. It was the game they clinched the division and the game they clinched the one seed. Uh, they were playing the Bears on Christmas Day, and so my sister surprised me with tickets that day and said, "Hey, I got these tickets. We're right in the end zone, about 30 rows up. Let's go." So so we went down that night, uh, tailgated a little bit, went to watch the game, and one not only did Jay Cutler not play, and Josh McCown was their quarterback. <laughs> but Aaron Rodgers went off and he had five touchdown passes, three of which were to Jermichael Finley. And they were just, it, it was it was watching that offense in person and seeing how good they were was just ridiculous. Because, I mean, you had Jordy Nelson as the number four guy. You had Jennings and Jones and, and, and Cobb was around. And you had all those guys. And it was just seeing, seeing Aaron Rodgers. Because I didn't get a chance to ever go see Brett Favre uh, play in a game. So getting a chance to watch a quarterback like Rodgers made everything so much more fun. And it was really their last great performance. I mean, the next week was the Matt Flynn game, but 
obviously they lost in the playoffs, so you're still seeing that game and seeing that team at their peak and what what they could have done was so much fun and it was just it was just a, a life changing experience for me. I was 20 years old, chance to go to the Lambo, Lambo, to go to a game for the first time and and to do it on a holiday on a night game against the Bears and just kind of made everything pretty much perfect. And it's definitely one of my biggest Christmas memories, let alone Packer memories. So it's it's definitely always so much fun. And also watching Jay Cutler mope on the sidelines was really, really funny. <laughs> as well as Josh McCown trying to dunk it over the goalpost after he ran a two-point conversion. Wasn't it freezing? Yeah, it wasn't warm. I'll, I'll give you that. It definitely <laughs> was not warm. It was... I'm like, Wisconsin on Christmas Day, oh boy. <laughs> it wasn't as cold as most Wisconsin winters, but it wasn't friendly either. Like, we were bundled up pretty well. Or in my case, is stocking cap, a long sleeve shirt, and a jersey. But we we, but it was that place was packed as well. Even Bears fans filled it up. It was it was an atmosphere that you wouldn't believe, especially did for. Did it snow? It did a little bit, yeah, but mostly early. As as we got later, it was it wasn't as bad. It was more. It started snowing again on the drive home, which isn't great. But either way, it was it was truly. Life-changing experience. I think I think we all have those types of experiences, whether it's a game, whether it's a person, or I know Gage and I have both gone to training camps before, and and even if it's not Packers, Perry, have you seen any have any experiences with any sort of professional athletes or players, or or even through social media talking with players? Um, for me, when I went to a training camp, I got a number of autographs. I'm sorry for stepping over you, Perry. I see you. Um, I've but I've interacted with a number of players. I actually got Terrence Murphy's autograph one time. For those that don't know, because that happened before they were a fan, he played, like, one game against the Bears, got laid out on a kickoff, and then never played again. And he's not nothing significant in terms of, like, he didn't accomplish this or that, but it was just he happened to be there um, signing autographs along with the rest of the players, and he was, like, a special assistant for the year or something. And I asked uh, Noah Heron. Uh, actually, who I was getting his autograph, I was like, hey, could you have him come over just because it was kind of cool for me because I'm like, this is a really ex- like player that's not, not everyone's going to know about. And it was just kind of cool to have someone that, like Green Bay like, realized that they lost their guy, but he still stuck around with the organization a year later. He might not have been, done anything super significant, but it was kind of cool for me in that aspect. Um, Perry, go ahead. <laughs> um, interactions with players no um, I mean okay so this past season I have I have a somewhat tangential sort of convoluted connection to Rashawn Gary and basically like someone in his life works with my dad and they're very close co-workers and so we were supposed to go to the Giants game this past season my dad and I and sort of that whole crew. And um, I don't know if you guys remember this, but it was super snowy that game. And so pretty much they were like, we're not coming. We have to fly home. We can see him whenever we want. Not worth sitting in the snow. Um, But we were supposed to, you know, go and sit and uh, potentially meet Rashawn after the game. But he ended up getting hurt that game anyway, so I don't think we even would have. Um, And it was freezing cold, so my dad and I actually ended up leaving, like, so midway through the fourth quarter when we were clearly, like, creaming them. Um, but I'm hoping, very hopeful, that this season, if we have a season, that, you know, we'll be able to sort of get the crew back together and um, I'll get to meet my man. Because he's from Jersey, right? He is, yeah. He's, yeah. Okay. he's from near me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so that was another instance where it was supposed to be, like, ten of us and then it ended up just being me and my dad. And, again, 
I don't know what it is about MetLife, but I was drinking White Claws in the parking lot, and my dad was smoking a cigar, and that was our tailgate. There you go. Yeah. That is ultimate boomer and millennial mixed into one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he brought them for me, too. Like, I wasn't planning on tailgating or drinking because it was cold out, and we didn't know. You know, we had just – it was just the two of us. And he was like, I brought you these, too. I was like, that's the nicest thing ever, Dad. Oh, that's the best time to tailgate is when it's cold because you can all huddle around the grill or huddle around, like, a small fire or whatever and, and yeah. keep yourselves warm and get there early enough to get a good parking spot. And, well, it, was em- it was emptier than, than normal, for sure, because of the weather. Yeah, because Eli wasn't starting anymore. Yeah, DJ had a bad game. Yeah, he had a lot of four interceptions that game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I did get to see the big dog, um, the big dog touchdown in person, and that was awesome because you could hear we we had pretty good seats, um, and you could hear Aaron. So I heard the big dog, big dog, and I was like, oh my god, Dad, he's throwing it to Mercedes Lewis. <laughs> That's awesome. Still the only first-round pick who's ever cut a touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> That's wild. Uh, mine's kind of similar to Gage. Uh, I, this is going back to 2006. I had to look up the year he was there. Uh, but So I was 13 at the time. And so me and a couple of my friends from, from school, we would go up to Green Bay, and we would go to training camp, and then hang out afterwards and try and get autographs and meet some players. And we, like, we got to like high-five Donald Driver and, and, be, and, and talk to some of these guys a little bit. But probably my favorite moment was... There was, there was a chain link fence around where the players would walk up into the locker room, so you couldn't, like, swarm them, but you could swarm the fence. And so when all the players went for all these starters, we went to a guy who looked pretty lonely and ended up being Dave Rayner, who was the kicker before Mason Crosby. He was there for a year. And so we went up and talked to him, and he was the nicest guy, especially for a Michigan State guy. He was the nicest guy around. And as soon as we started talking to him, all these little kids saw two older guy, older kids talking to the kickers. So they all swarmed. And you just hear him go, oh, no, I'm never going to leave, am I? And so we got his autograph. I got to meet Ruvo Martin that day, and he was another really, really nice guy. And then probably the highlight of that one also was afterwards, we got to, I got to meet Larry McCarron. And being a broadcaster, I wanted to be a broadcaster even back then, so getting a chance to talk to The Rock was really cool. And, and even shaking the hand with the weird finger was always kind of fun. But he, again, they were all nice guys, classy as can be, the opposite of a Mod Carroll. But just memories like that of going to training camp. Yeah, he flipped us off. But going to training camp and and seeing, seeing these guys that they're not these superhuman guys. They're they're people. They they enjoy talking with with friends and they enjoy they enjoy talking with fans. But outside when the pads are off, they're just guys. And so that was always really really fun. And just seeing that. The other one I have is we. It was the next year we went to training camp and we. We're touring the we threw the tour and then we did the Hall of Fame and stuff like that. But we went into an elevator to try and go upstairs to what was at that point Curly's Pub in Lambo. We ended up the elevator we were trying to get into was being used. So we went to the other one on the opposite side, started pushing buttons and it opened. We didn't realize until we were halfway up that it was the players and staff elevator. So we start going down instead of up. We end up in the ground in the basement. And the door opens, and uh, Breno Giacomini, when he was a Packer, a couple coaches, and someone else walk in with with their salads and the spreads they got in the locker room from after practice, and they ask him, are you guys going up? You know, yeah, they push a coat in and get us up, but, but we were within about 20 feet of the locker room doors, just by mistake, and we felt so uncomfortable and scared that we were going to get kicked out of Lambeau Field. But just, it's stuff like that that shape memories, and, and it, it also shows... 
the the Packer way, I guess. It's that they're friendly guys, again, except for a couple exceptions. But it's it makes everything so much more fun, and it makes it makes the connection to the fan base and the team I think it's that much more special. I honestly think I was there the same year as you, like in '06. I'm sitting here looking at the hat that I have autographed, and I and I, there's a lot of guys on it that were on like the '06 team, so I think I might have been to that same training camp, which is just kind of funny to think about. Like I got Tony Ball, Bubba Franks on here. I got. Jarrett Bush, who was, I think, is the only guy on this hat. Other, him and Bubba Franks, I think, are the only two that played for, like, longer than one contract. Um, I was going to ask if you had been there for the the training camp, like, kids' bike rides, because that's, like, one of my favorite traditions that the Packers do, and I've always, I mean, I'm well past this, so they'll never ride my bike. I'm 25 years old, but, like, I've always, lo- I've always thought about, like, if I have kids one day, like, bringing them up to do something like that. It seems really special. I'd do it. Uh, I, I never got my my bike ridden, uh, just because we, we got there a little late or a little too early, and plus, we, at that point, we were 13, 14, so then it is kind of weird, but <laughs> if, if, even if you, even if your ki- kids or nephews or whatever don't get a chance, go and watch it. It is so cool to see, because, and I, cause I went this last year, I took my nephew for the first time, and now that he's five, I took him, he was four at the time, so we took him to, to go to see if he could handle the crowd and stuff, and we got there early enough to watch the bike rides, and he got to meet, like, Fidel Brown and stuff. But when you see these these kids w- with their bikes and the players, and the players are talking to them. The kids are carrying the helmet and the pads, and they're having conversations. They're building friendships. Like, there's articles written about Corey Lindsley and the family he's been riding with for years, and and these connections that these families make are so, so much fun, and they're so enjoyable. And, and you can see the players enjoy it as well. So I, it's definitely worth going just to at least see, even if you can't do it yourself. It's... It's definitely one of the cooler traditions I've ever seen. Yeah, I think it really speaks to, like, just the small-town team mentality that even though the Packers are obviously one of the best franchises in the NFL, like, they've never outgrown Green Bay in a way, and, like, they still just hold true to, you know, the town that they've been in for over 100 years now. Yeah, I got to. I never got my bike ridden, but that's just because, like, whenever I was going up there, it was a as a like family trip thing, so we didn't take my bike with me because that was just another thing to try and travel with. But I definitely I got to see a lot of it, um, and it all. And I think of the clip from J, uh, JJ Watt last year where he was riding that like one year old's bike and then he broke it. <laughs> um, which it just shows me I'm like that's a that's a that's a Wisconsin guy thing. That's just this transcends Green Bay. Like, he's never played for Green Bay. He's only played them a handful of times since he's been in the league. But he's he knows that it's it's a tradition that's bigger than just the Packers thing. Yeah, he was pretty vocal about how excited he was just being a homegrown Wisconsin guy. And, like, he, know, he grew up rooting for the Packers. So I think that was probably pretty special for him. Yeah. Well, you no, know, it's, it's really, it is, it is adorable. It is, uh, at times, you try not to laugh when a guy falls. Because players do every now and then. I remember when I went when I was younger, there was this really weird, fancy-looking bike, and offensive line was on it, and he fell. And his teammates were ribbing him, and he goes, "You try it." And, and the kids over there mortified. And it's it's just one of those ones where you like it, it shows just the the also the nature of the locker room as well, especially the, in like that offensive line room. Obviously, they're they're giving each other guff nonstop. So just seeing stuff like that or. And and plus with the way it's set up, obviously you have Lam, uh, Hudson Field across the street, 
So you have to go all the way through the parking lot, across the street with, with cops there blocking it off, cones, and keep it, make sure there's no traffic going through. And so you have this parade of players over probably about a 45-minute stretch where they're going through because, like, the lesser-known players will go first because they want to get their make the first impression, get the coaches up, amped up a little bit, and then and then you'll slowly see some of the more veteran players go through and, and guys who know which kid they, they've ridden with before. And and even a couple years when I've seen Aaron Rodgers do it, it's, it's always really cool because even it shows that even the big-name guys aren't above it, whereas... Oh, is it... You saw Aaron Rodgers ride? Once, yes. Okay, because I remember when I had went, um, Brett was still there. That's how long ago it's been since I went. Oh, he disappeared. Him, him, drive, well, him driver, and then I'm trying to think. There was one other really big-name person at the time. They had a special, like, blacked-out SUV that would drive them around to get to the practice field. And they, so they didn't do the walk. Rodgers did the walk at the time because I think he was, like, a rookie when I went one of the years that I went, so he did the ride, but, like, the really top-end stars, like, did ride, and I, obviously, I haven't been there since then, so I don't know if they still do that, where, like, the mega stars, like, Devontae, Rogers, et cetera, would get driven over, or what? Yeah, I've seen driver, I've high-five driver when he's riding a bike, and he was riding at a very high rate of speed, but I know, like, Bakhtiari did it last year, Kenny Clark, a lot lot of the big guys did it. Jair Alexander really, really enjoyed it, he rolled like yeah, a chari- he loved it. He rolled like a chariot. Like, he had, like, a camera with him, and he was filming it, and it was crazy. Yeah. He signed a bunch of autographs, too. He's all yeah. about the kids. Yeah, him, uh, last year, he was the big one. Rashawn Gary signed for a long time. Uh, Kevin King did as well. And and John and Miles also stayed for a long, long time with guys. And it, it, it was, especially after practice, is when the kids can really get the autographs because you can come up to and talk to them a little bit. And that's how I got Fidel Brown for my nephew and stuff. And, and so seeing how they deal with these fans are makes it so much more fun. And like you said, Jair Alexander is easily the epitome of everything that is good about the Green Bay Packers. And, and just, they always say, like, even in church, like, you have a childlike faith. He's got that in football. And it is so much fun to see that. And even back back then, uh, back even a few years ago, Ha Clinton Dix was the same way in a lot of ways. You have just that enthusiasm that can't be taught, and it's always fun to see stuff like that. And and so I guess as we start to wrap things up, are there any other big time memories you guys have? Whether it's even just watching a game or on Twitter or anything like that. Actually, from the draft this year. Um, I don't know if you guys tuned in. I, I joined Cheesehead TV's, like, kind of live draft party this year, and they had a bunch of players come in and out at some point, like TJ Lang and Corey Lindsley joined and Will Blackman and David Bakhtiari, and um, it was definitely a little intimidating. There were a lot of people, like, on the Zoom call, right? So I was like, but I, I was like, I, David Bakhtiari's on. i got to get a question in. And I don't even remember what I asked him, but he looks down and he's like, well, Perry Goldstein did I say that right? And I was like, David Bakhtiari just said my name. <laughs> and I just like kind of blacked out. I don't even remember. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely he heard that in his voice too. Yeah, yeah. But he was a really cool dude. They all were. I think ex-Packers players especially, like on Twitter and stuff, they're so active and engaged with the team still. I love it. How about you, Gage? Um... I don't know if I have anything specific. I like uh, this is just something that I have never been a big like jersey wearing guy. Like 
I have Packer stuff, but I don't wear it all the time. Like, I wear my jersey on game day. And then the only other time I've ever worn a jersey, like, outside of that was the day after they won the Super Bowl. And I wore it to school, Packer fan, other than, like, my immediate friends. And I had people all day long saying, oh, you're just a bandwagoner. And I'm like, and at the time, I had one of those official, like, sewn-on jerseys. I'm like, yeah, I have a $200 jersey that's just because I'm a bandwagoner. No. I was sitting there, and anytime someone was a band- said that to me, I had friends. I was like, yo, tell them. Let them know. Let them, let them know that I've been a fan since I was born. Okay, good. Moving on. So that's just because, like, in Indiana, there's there's a weird sect of Packer fans around here, but I never met any of them until I grew up. Like, I had my family, but everyone else is a Colts fan. And then when I went to college, I met an odd number of Packer fans for the middle of Indiana. So it, just, it, so it was kind of cool to see that they're everywhere. Like, Green Bay fans are legitimately everywhere. There's a bar in Indianapolis that shows every Packer game every single Sunday. Yeah, and I guess as we wrap things up, my last one is not even a player, I, but I, I got to, when I was writing for Packers Talk way back, uh, I, they asked me to help in on a podcast, and I talked to Rob Domofsky of ESPN. So I got to talk to him. Nice. We, we talked Packers a little bit, and he was the nicest guy. And then there's the time I could have stolen Ryan Grant's car. But... I was getting his autograph on a football. Him and Clay Matthews, I got, and he dropped his keys right at my feet. And he, <laughs> and he was trying to get to the airport, so I grabbed them. I picked them up, and I was ready to hand him. Like, and my possible, I was like, I could take Ryan Grant's car right now, but I <laughs> obviously he I, he was a nice guy, and I got him to him, and 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 he and he, and he, and he was really nice, and like so was Clay. And so I have them on a football, but but just like stuff like that, I guess, and just even the stories we've shared over the past half hour or so, I guess, really shows that no matter where you live. No matter how old you are, how long you've been a Packer fan, that this team, this franchise, kind of encapsulates everything about being a sports fan, and and it's it's awesome to hear all, all of us have these different experiences, but still have kind of the same general mindset out of it, and and it, it just shows, as Perry said earlier, that the Packers are the greatest franchise in in the NFL, and just the camaraderie they have nationwide or worldwide is second to none. And so, as we wrap things up, uh, Perry, where can we find you, and what are you working on? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. Uh, Perry's P E R R I. Um, also, I podcast once a week with Maggie Loney, who you should also know from Pack Day. Um, it's called Pack's What She Said. Um, it's great. Find it on all streaming services. Um, follow the podcast at PWSS Podcast on Twitter. And Gage, what about you? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at GBridgeFordNFL. Uh, willing to talk any sport that you can think of. Just give me five minutes to research it, even if it starts. Um, t- I had an article come out for Rotoballer today, uh, Dynasty Nerd stuff that I'm working on today, and something came out tomorrow. I'm working on a lot of things. Um, with basketball kicking up, I got Denver Nuggets content coming. Um, I know that this is a largely probably Milwaukee Bucks audience, but I said it already, so... Um, I'm working on a lot of stuff, uh, always willing to talk. Oh, I got draft stuff coming out next week, too. I'm busy. I am busy in enjoying my quarantine and getting a lot of work done. So, Fair enough. And you can find me on social media at Mike Wenland, uh, W-E-N-B-L-A-N-D-T, and it's all one word. Uh, now that sports are starting to return, and we've, we've seen the debacle that is the NHL lottery and stuff like that, I'm going to start writing more again and trying to balance things between basketball, football, baseball, and hockey again. So stay tuned for that. Hoping to get back on Dairyland Express as well soon. 
And yeah, I'm, I'm going to be active on Twitter, so feel free to engage and and talk, and talk with me as well. And of course, follow us on Twitter at Packaday Podcast as a group. Follow all of our great contributors and teammates and everything they do as well. We the the pod the Twitter page does a great job of retweeting stuff like that and getting the word out. And also find us wherever podcasts are found, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher. Give us a like, give us a comment, a subscription. Let us know what you like about us, what you want us to work on. Just give us a chance, because we're going to be here every day until we are told not to. So, for Perry Goldstein, for Gage Richford, this is Mike Wendland saying so long for now. So stay safe, always carry the G, and go Pack Go! class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring this podcast unified healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by energy enhancement system or ee system if you haven't heard of the ee system you'll want to listen up this technology promotes wellness 
deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.